If you want to contact me, or if you want me to read something, or even if you just have any questions about myself or the book, you can email me at moonthenightwing12 at gmail.com. The email will be in the description. Now back to the book. Hello, and welcome back to my podcast. Today I'll be reading Chapter 5 of Wings of Fire, The Hidden Kingdom. Glory woke up, refreshed and relaxed. But as she lay there with her eyes closed, she felt a wave of strange anger at herself. All right, sure, she thought. I'm not in the great, magnificent, wondrous dragonette prophecy. Maybe no one would ever write a prophecy about a rainwing. Maybe no dragon empire expects any of us to have an important destiny or do anything worthwhile. But this, sleeping all day in a patch of sun, is that all I'm good for? All any rainwings is good for? There must be more to us than this. There must be more to me. She wanted to kick herself, falling asleep almost the moment she found her home. This was exactly what she didn't want her friends to think about her or her tribe. She'd have to show them that there were good reasons for Raymings to have sun time. It must make them smarter and fiercer or something. She sifted her wings and froze. Something was curled in the gap between her shoulder and her wing. Some part of it was also draped across her neck. It was warm, warmer than the sunbeams, and it was breathing deeply and evenly. She inched her head around and peered sideways at it. There was a sloth sleeping on her. It had crept into the curve of her shoulder and fitted itself there perfectly, slipping one arm over her neck to pillow its head. Long, silvery, gray fur draped over her green scales. Its eyes were shut, and it had a peaceful smile on its sleeping face. What is this ridiculous creature? What ridiculous creatures? Fearless or stupid? Or maybe it's a diplomatic, clever plan. After all, she couldn't eat it now. She couldn't possibly eat something that smelled like that. It reminded her a bit of Sunny, who probably would also have no trouble falling asleep on something big enough to eat her. She twisted her head up, moving as little as possible so she wouldn't disturb the sloth. The other rain wings on her platform were still asleep. The sun had drifted down the sky, but she guessed there were several hours yet until nightfall. A soft breeze tossed homeless leaves across the canopy, and two fat bullfrogs on a nearby branch were having a drowsy, ribbity conversation. The sloth chirped. It opened its enormous dark eyes, looking into hers, and yawned a wide, oddly elegant yawn. I'm awake now, Glory said, so you should probably flee in terror now. The sloth agreed. The sloth said agreeably. It snuggled closer to her scales and yawned again. I'm not like other dragons. I have things to do, Glory told it. You can't keep sleeping here. The sloth concluded, closing its eyes. The platform vibrated underneath her as Jambu chuckled. He rolled over and nodded at the sloth. You've been chosen, he said. That happened fast. No, thank you, Glory said. I do not want to be chosen, especially by a sloth. She pushed herself up into a sitting position, but the sloth somehow got both arms around her neck and hung on nestling against her wing. She likes you, Jimboo said. Now you have to pick a name for her. The queen calls her Shaggy. First of all, what? 
And no, it is seriously undignified for a dragon queen to have a sloth. Also, the sloth is so much, this, also this sloth is much too pretty for a dopey name like Shaggy, Glory said, then caught herself. And I'm not naming her, because I'm not keeping her. She'll wander away if I ignore her long enough. Jabu snorted with amusement. Or maybe I'll eat her, Glory said. Why don't you eat them? She shot a glance at the sloth, who looked serenely unconcerned. He shrugged. Because they're cute and too hairy, they're all fur. You'd have indigestion for days. Glory reached up and poked the sloth with her claw. It didn't seem. It did seem to be mostly fur. The sloth wiggled as if it was being tickled. I'm not playing with you, Glory said. You have to go away. I have important things to do, like finding my parents. Jambu tilted his head at her. His raspberry pink scales had drifted, had, had drifts of light pink whirls in them. Glory was pretty sure she'd never seen, never been that color, that color, and she had no idea if it meant anything. Sometimes pink popped into her scales when she was happy, but Jambu was pink from head to toe. Nobody could be that happy. Find your parents? He echoed. How? You tell me, Glory said. I can tell you when I was stolen, and one of those and one of those sea wings down there can tell you where and one of those sea wings down there can tell you from where. Isn't that enough? Ha <laughs> Jambu laughed, as if he was generally as if he generally thought she was joking. Then smoothed his giggles when he realized she wasn't. What are you talking about? Ravings don't do parents. Glory tried to ignore the twist of disappointment in her stomach. You knew that might happen, she thought. Remember the mudwings? Maybe the ravings are the same, raised by their siblings instead. So, she started. Why would you want to find them anyway? Jambu asked. Glory stamped down her temper so it wouldn't show up under scales. Two reasons, she said. One, I want to know where I came from and what I've missed. And two, I want my family to know I'm all right. They must have been worried a lot when my egg went missing. She studied him for a reaction. Jambu pulled pulled on his snout and looked confused. But they wouldn't know, he said. I guess you don't, I mean... He stopped and glanced around at the sleeping dragons everywhere. A few were up and moving through the village already, but most were still snoozing. I'll just show you, he said, spreading his wings. Glory spread hers as well. Time to get off, sloth, she said, unless you're prepared for some flying. The sloth wrapped its arms more firmly around her neck. Do they understand us? Glory asked. Doubtful, Jambu said. They're just reach, reading our body language and responding. He shook, off a winding, he shook off a winding vine and dove off the platform. Glory checked the sloth again. She was pretty sure it was smiling at her. Maybe sloth Maybe her sloth could understand her. Maybe it was smarter than all the other sloths in the rainforest. She followed Jambu, gliding carefully between the trees and hanging vines. She tried not to care about the furry creature clinging to her, but she found herself flying more slowly than usual, than usual and avoiding things that might knock it off. You ridiculous dragon, she thought. It's only prey, no matter how cute. Whenever Jambu, wherever Jambu was leading her, it was some distance. It was some distance from the center of the village. They passed more platforms covered with sleeping dragons and something like a trampoline of enormous interwoven leaves stretched between four trees, where a few little dragonettes were bouncing and flapping their wings furiously as they learned to fly. Everyone looked happy. There were, they, 
There were no none of the horrible war wounds and scars Glory had seen in the other kingdoms. Nobody seemed tense or terrified. Nobody was being forced to fight to the death or punished for failing at guard duty. No fighting, no worrying about the war, no starving or bowing to an insane queen. Well, as far as I know, anyway. Who needs a prophecy when they could have a home like this? Jimbu ankled down toward a structure shaped like a gigantic green egg. Holes all over the roof allowed sunlight through the overlapping leaves, but the bottom was reinforced with tightly woven woven vines and branches, so it looked sturdier than anything else Gloria had seen so far. She wondered if for a moment if this was the place, but surely it wasn't big enough for that. She hadn't seen anything large or regal enough to be the Raymond's queen's palace yet. They landed on a branch next to one of the window holes, and Jambu gestured for her to look inside. Pale eggs lined the entire floor, packed closely together, packed closely together. In the sunlight from above, shimmering colors glowed under the thin shells as the unhatched dragonettes wiggled and squirmed. Glory guessed that the eggs around the outer edge were the closest to hatching, since she could see more movement inside them. A few even had tiny cracks along the top already. So, she said, so you have a hatchery. All the queens do. I mean, sure this is a lot of eggs for one queen, but wait, are you saying this is the hatchery I was stolen from? Am I the daughter of a queen, too? No, the... Not that it made much difference to her, but it would be pretty funny to see the look on Tsunami's face if that was true. I have no idea. I have no idea, Jambu said. These these are three hatcheries. These are three hatcheries, so it could have been from any of them. But you're missing the point. The eggs aren't all from the one queen or any or any one dragon. We all, we keep all our eggs together like this. Glory blinked at the array of smooth white shapes in front of her. So these are a third of the eggs in the village right now, all stuffed together, stuffed all stuffed in together. Exactly, said Jambu. They keep each other warm and hatch whenever they need to. We stop by every couple of days to check if we're newly hatched dragnets. Otherwise, we don't have to worry about the, our eggs. They're all safe in here, except for mine. Glory pointed out, which was stolen. She paused, realization dawning. It felt as though the wind had just been sucked out from under her and she was falling with useless wings. And nobody noticed, she said slowly. That's what you're telling me? You had no idea my egg was missing at all? Jambu shrugged. He didn't even look embarrassed. Why would we, he said. As you can see, we have plenty of eggs. New ones roll in every week. So why go to the trouble of counting them? Because I wasn't just an egg rolling in and out of your hatchery, Glory said, flare, flaring her ruff. There was a real live dragon in there, a dragonet who had to grow up for six years with no family, no rainforest, and no sun. This law said sympathetically, hugging her neck. Glory had forgotten it was there. A cloud... Cloudy blue-gray began to march up Jambu's scales from his talons. He made an almost comically sad face at her. No sun, he said. Hey, I survived just fine, Glory said. She stepped away from Jambu's wing as he reached for her. This isn't tragic pity-me situation. I'm just saying maybe you should care a little more about your eggs and the dragons inside them. 
we do care, he said, dark green distress flickering in his ruff. We take very good care of our dragonettes. We just don't worry about the eggs, because we've never lost any before. How do you know, she cried. If I was stolen so easily, you might have lost others too. He opened and closed his mouth for a few times, looking so stupid that she wanted to punch him in the snout. This went beyond parents who didn't love their eggs. Nobody had missed her. She had no family wondering what had happened to her. Nobody had cared what she, that she was gone. Webbs must have known the rainwings were like this. That's why he came to the rainforest to steal an egg. That was, that was, what that was what he hadn't wanted to admit to her on the way here. The rainwings were a secretly wonderful, perfect tribe. It was worse than she feared. Her tribe was too lazy to even count their own eggs. Oh, now you're mad, Jambu said willfully. Gloria couldn't stop the dark red streaks appearing along her wings. She scowled at him. So, how do you know which dragonets belong to which parents? We don't, he said. We raise them all together, the whole village. Everyone helps. I teach tree gliding, he said proudly. The blue-gray of his scales were already fading back to, into pink again. But then, Gloria said slowly, doesn't that mean you don't even know who you're, re- who you're related to? Oh, I know what you're thinking, Jambu said. Don't worry, we have, to, we have a way to tell. Before two, dragon, before two dragons decide to have eggs together, they do a ven- the venom test. He pivoted in a circle and plucked a floppy oval leaf from one of the trees and then laid it on the branch between them. Watch! He opened his mouth wide, nearly unhinging his lower jaw, and spat a small amount of back venom on the teeth, on the leaf. Gloria had imagined herself looking cool and menacing when she thought her venom, but the other ravings mostly looked creepy, like a mental unbalanced snake. The leaf immediately began to sizzle and melt. Now you shoot your venom at it, he said. Just a little. Try to hit the same spot. Gloria hadn't exactly hadn't exactly ever practiced aiming her venom or controlling how much she shot out. She bared her fangs at the leaf and ended up nearly drenching it in black poison. The branch below and around the leaf started smoking and fizzling as well. But strangely, where Glory's venom hit Jambu's, the spots stopped melting instantly. Whoa, Jambu said. He sprayed a little more of his venom carefully on the rest of the leaf and the branch where Glory's had splashed. All the smoking and sizzling stopped. The leaf sat peacefully in a puddle of what appeared to be harmless black loop. Gloria blinked at it. Hmm, she said. Unexpected. Jambu thwacked one of her wings with his, radiating delight in every pink scale. Didn't you see? Don't you see what just happened? Your venom contracted mine. Isn't that awesome? That's so awesome. It is? Gloria, that means we're related, Jambu cried. You're my little sister. Glory flexed her claws and thought about that. She'd come to the rainforest looking for some family, after all, but it figured but it, it figured that she'd find out Jambu was her brother right after sighting he was the dizziest, most useless dragon she'd she'd ever met. <clears throat> and what good was family who'd never been there for you, who'd never known or cared you were alive and lost and in danger? Oh, she said, Wow. Related. <clears throat> she reached up and scratched the sloth's sloth, sloth chin. It snuggled in closer to her with another burbling sound. 
That's all we know, Jambu said, waving a towel at the half-melted leaf. If your banana made it melt faster, then we know we're not related, so we could have eggs together. But when your venom cancels out the other dragons, you come from the same family. Can you believe we're brother and sister? Well, okay, we're probably only half-brother and sister, but still, it's pretty cool. You're definitely not my dad, though, Gloy said, right? Jambu let out a shout of laughter. I'm only nine years old, he said. I promise I haven't fathered any eggs yet, and I especially didn't have any when I was three. Well, that's a relief, Glory thought. That that must be how the tribe cures dragons who've been hit by venom, too, right? She said, finding a family member to stop the spread of the poison. Her newfound brother looked horrified. We don't use our venom on other dragons, he said, bright green flame across his ruff. Why, wh who would do that? Uh, no one, Gloria said. Maybe not in your perfect world, she thought. But talk to me again when you're, you're held prison, prisoner by a queen who's forcing your friends to fight to the death. I mean, if someone hit someone else by accident, that's not possible, right? Our venom trainers would never let that happen, Jambu protested. He glanced down at the mess she'd made on the branch. I bet you could get a few sessions with them, with one of them, if you want. We only ever use it for this kind of testing, and very rarely for prey if we need it. Or, you know, things that attack us, hypothetically. Things that attack you? Gloria asked, perking up her ears. Like mysterious rainforest monsters, she wondered. We should get back to your friends, he said. They'll be waking up any minute, and we can tell them our good news about being related. So awesome. All right, she said. I've seen enough here, and I'm pretty sure I've gotten all the answers about my family as I'm ever going to get. A long-lost sister, Jambu yammered, curling his tail around the branch. So cool. I can teach you tree guiding and show you all the different fruits in the rainforest and how to take care of your sloth and... He swung around the branch and glided off, still talking. Glory took one more look at the village hatchery and followed him. She couldn't help but notice that he had no questions for her. He didn't care where she'd been or who'd stolen her or why. He didn't ask about the world beyond the rainforest. He had lots of ideas for what he could show her, but didn't seem interested in what she might be able to teach him. She shook her head and navigated around a mossy tree trunk. Who cares anyways? Even if it's all true, even the guard, everything the guardians said about rain rings, even if they are useless and don't care about the right things, I'm still me, and I'm not going to be like them. Not ever, no way.